0: Well, good morning. Welcome back to the broadcast retirement network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Friday, December fifteenth, twenty twenty-three. And our top story today, organ aging, predicting an individual's risk for disease and death. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Dr. Jared Rutledge is with Stanford Medicine. Jared, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning.
1: Thank you, Jeffrey. It's nice to be here.
0: And and this study, I mean, I would consider this to be groundbreaking. And from your perspective as someone who helped lead the study, conduct the study, being able to figure out what organ or organs could fail first, second, third that's a pretty powerful amount of information
1: yeah we definitely hope so i think um the idea behind the study is to be able to use this information for all kinds of personalized medicine approaches and drug development so we hope it's a powerful approach for people to use
0: and you know as we all age um And maybe some, and you can answer this, but some of the, some of our challenges in life may be habitual, maybe based on things that we do, but also there's a genetic sequencing. I'm I'm not a doctor by any stretch of the imagination, but we all have our challenges. And so, um, over time, your organs, your heart, your, your liver, things will go bad over time.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um. Sorry. Is there a specific way that you want to take that question? Like, what are you looking for? No, I was,
0: let let me, let me rephrase that. I'll do a three, two, one count in and, um, and I'll, I'll change the question up. So here we go. Three, (laughs) two, one. Uh, so Jared, uh, let's talk about biological age, because I think that's an important place to start. Uh, we all have our, we all are aging. Um, but, but some of us may age at different rates relative to others. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. That's one of the findings of the study. And it's honestly something that we've understood at an abstract level in medicine for a long time. You know, some people go on to develop heart disease, other people develop kidney disease or Alzheimer's disease. And we understand some of the mechanism of that right at the very end, but we don't understand what it is about the differences in how we're aging over our whole lives that kind of leads us to that point of disease. And so one of the goals of the study was to really dissect that um, in more detail. And that is one of the findings is that in the population, there are sort of different rates of aging. um, And even within a single person, you could have
0: different organs aging at different rates. And and is that environmental or is that, i mean from your findings is that genetic or is it behavioral or a combination of all all three
1: yeah uh it's definitely a combination and I, that's one of the really exciting directions that we want to take the research is really drilling into like what specific components are behavioral what cons- what components are you know behaviorally like coming from your diet or what's coming from your genetics um it's not something that we get into a lot of detail in the study. I think actually one of the advantages of the approach that we developed is that it's, it's very integrative. So it's able to sort of sum the total of those things. So we're capturing both genetic and behavioral and environmental components. Um, and one of the future directions is really to get at like, which, which pieces of, of which kinds of organ
0: aging are maybe coming from genetics. Yeah. And Let's talk a little bit about the study. Do you mind sharing a little bit, little bit about how you conducted the study? Uh, clearly, you clearly uh, you had subjects and you were able to test them. They didn't give you their organs; they made them, I would assume, available to you so that you could do some little testing. Okay. But but how did you how did you who who were these subjects? Uh, you don't have to tell me not who they are individually, right. but They're, the types of people I don't know they who are. They were individually, so. What's that? Uh, I don't know who they were individually. Uh, okay. Study, so, okay, that's good. Um,
1: Yeah, and no, thankfully, we didn't have to take organs from anybody um, in the study. That's really like one of the exciting advantages of the approach is that we can measure the aging of all of the organs in the body through blood. And so we take just a single blood sample from each participant in the study. And then we measure 1000s of different proteins that are in the blood and we can use information from those proteins. We worked out a method to use information from those proteins to understand the aging of different organs. And so the way that we ran the study was we took blood samples from about 5,000 people. And these are people who are spanning the whole adult lifespan. So our youngest participant is 18, our oldest participant is like 105. Um, wow. And we have you know pretty, a pretty good representation across that, that age range. And we have the study split into several components. So there's actually independent studies coming from different universities and different organizations. So we have a study run at Stanford, a study run at Washington University, St. Louis, another one run in New York at Albert Einstein College of Medicine, um, and a couple of others. And so we take in one subset, uh, a couple of the study subsets are just healthy participants only. Um, So that means we're screening out people with, um, with serious disease. And from that couple thousand people, um, we do some artificial intelligence machine learning along with all the proteins that we're measuring to figure out kind of the expected aging trajectory for every organ. And then we can go into these other studies run at other universities, do the same blood sampling. We can look at how people's organs are aging relative to our healthy population. Um, And then we can try to understand if people have older organs in these, in these other studies, is that impacting their disease risk or, um, or anything like that? And so a lot of these studies, we have um, really dedicated medical teams that have been following patients for, for many years. And in some cases, we have 20 or even 30 years of follow-up. Um, so we can take a blood sample sort of at an early point in time, and then we know because we've followed these patients for thirty years sort of how diseases develop, um, and we can and we can use information from that first blood sample to to project into the future and understand things about organ aging.
0: Uh, last question before we go to commercial break. Commercial break, and this may be way out of left field, but did you find any consensus as as terms of what maybe a specific organ of all the organs in your body? would age faster? Like for for example, across all the subjects, the heart or the lungs or the liver, they all, for the most part, not all, but a majority age quicker than other organs. Was there any commonality in that regard or is it is it really dispersed? Yeah. So uh, two comments
1: there. As far as we can tell from our study, It really is quite dispersed. And one of the, I think one of the surprising findings from the study is just how many different ways there are to age. Um, We weren't expecting quite the diversity um, that we saw in terms of there are really, you know, 20 or 30 different different ways you can age in the in the population. We see these different groups of sort of organs aging together. Um, But that's really at the population level. I think part of the question you're asking maybe is like, is there, do we know, does one organ age first, for example? Yes. Uh, in, you, in that.
0: You're much more <laughs> succinct than I am, Jared. <laughs> and uh, your uh, level of education.
1: Uh, thank you. Um, and that's that's actually a question that we're still working on. I th- the the trick to answering that question in a rigorous way scientifically is you need to sample the same people over time for many years, and you all, all ideally you'd want to start with them being pretty young and follow them and take their blood many times. And so that that wasn't really in the design of this first study because we were really just taking one sample per person. Um, and it's generally pretty difficult to plan those kinds of many like decades-long studies. But it's something that we're working on is trying to find um other groups to work with who already have those um cohorts of people that they've been following in that way that way, and we can do that. We can ask that question of like, are there specific organs that age first, and do they maybe even influence the aging of other organs? So that's I think it's a really exciting question.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jared, as I said, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk talk more about the difference in aging organs, what it means for aging overall. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Well, Jared, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. Absolutely. And I think my heart aged a little bit faster during the commercial break. I don't know. Jared, let's talk about the practical implications in all seriousness. This is really groundbreaking that organs can age in different ways over different periods of time let's talk about an, our aging population what does this mean practically for tr- disease treatment but also maybe extending extending our longevity which longevity which everyone seems to be very interested in these days yeah
1: yeah you know we, we hope that this really lays the groundwork for a number of different practical applications um of course there's there's still more work to be done before we, uh, I'm really confident about taking this directly into the clinic to work to work with individual patients. But certainly one of the one of the goals here, and, and really we think we've laid the groundwork for, is to do more personalized preventative care that you could do with uh, with your own team of doctors, where you could understand really um, not only what maybe what diseases are you you at risk for as you're aging, but also are the things that you're doing working for your body. You know, are you uh, are you able to maintain a lifestyle? Um, a diet and a medication regimen that is supporting healthy aging of your organs. So that's definitely one one major part of the study's goal is to enable that personalized medicine in the future.
0: And, and could you, you, actually, you were talking about machine learning, which is a whole another fascinating topic, but could you actually get predictive analytics where if you kept all things the same, meaning you, you didn't smoke, you didn't drink, you ate pretty much the same diet that you could actually predict... What, for example, you if you needed a transplant or you needed a, uh you might get a certain disease would that yeah. come into play because you know it's not only preventative it's also kind of predictive of yeah. predicting what could happen to you.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so we didn't look at transplant specifically, but we did look at a bunch of other diseases, and and we already do have those predictive analytics for many diseases. So we can look at someone's uh, profile in their heart and understand. You know what's the what's their future heart health? Will they develop heart heart disease, for example? And we can do the same for the brain and, and many other organs, um, as well as an overall sort of a uh, multimorbidity and mortality estimate. So, all things being equal, um, we do have a pretty strong ability to predict um, future mortality. Even.
0: How do you follow up on this this body work? You said you you talked about um, you know there are several labs. I'm going to call them labs uh, institutes. That are doing this type of work, you're building a cohort, a, a set of a set of cohorts and a set of data. What's the next step in um, the iterative phase of doing this type of research? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I think there are there are a lot of different directions that, that we want to take the research, and hopefully it becomes a sort of larger community effort within science to really push this forward. Um one of the one of the things that that we already touched on is I, I'm really excited about really being able to watch people age over time for many decades and understand really like in a detailed way, the sequence of aging events that happen in different organs. And can we understand maybe if certain organs are aging first or or um, maybe being their aging is being caused by other things. Um, another, I think really important direction to go is just to understand even, <clears throat> excuse me, even more diseases than we try to look at in the study. So in the current study, we look at a number of uh, important diseases like heart disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's disease, um, uh, muscular wasting. Um, but there are things that we haven't looked at yet. Like we didn't really have an opportunity in our studies to look at many cancers. So I think that's another direction
0: that we'd like to take
1: the research. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, you have to start somewhere and you had to, I guess I'm not a scientist, but building upon research and, and continuing to evolve the research, it's going to be important. And, and look, we're, we're an aging society Not not only here in America, but all this research has applications across the globe, China, in in Asia, in Europe, et cetera, where there are aging, aging populations. Jared, we're going to have to leave it there. Great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Jeffrey. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle wellness finance tech, so much more in all in one place. Check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives? Check out our latest content? Then visit our website. We're back in tomorrow for BRN Weekly. Jane King will be back to break down markets, and then we'll be taking a look back at some of our best segments of the week. You won't want to miss it. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the King